0: here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg.
1: And welcome, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co hosts for keeping your shit together in a stressed world. And I'm joined by my co host, Michelle Post, all the way on the other coast in Florida. Hey, Michelle.
2: Yay. Hello. How's it going, Scott? Uh,
1: it's well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, since this is an explicit show, I'm doing fucking fabulous today.
2: I love it.
1: And That's I, and fucking fantastic. I'll tell you why in, in, in a bit. How are, how are you?
2: Good, good, good. You, you just reminded me of my mom once. We, we were driving. She's a very conservative woman. We were driving once and I used the F word. And she said, I hope you don't use the F word often. And I said, what the fuck do you mean, mom? <laughs> or something like that. She just laughed. It was great.
1: Um, well, I, I guess since we're using the word, and I don't use it that often, but I do use the f-bomb to make a point uh it, it is a it is a skill uh today today i decided that i was going to wake up set a, a different intention for the whole day but in particular this show huh. and i told, told my wife as i was getting ready i said i'm going to put on cologne and i haven't worn cologne what? in quite a while i haven't put, worn cologne in quite a while because all my live events uh, are Sweet. on hold And so I got all spruced up for you guys today and went and pulled out my Tom Ford cologne. And the Tom Ford cologne is fucking fabulous. So that's how I'm doing today.
2: That's amazing. And like the fact that we are so coincidental, I have to tell you minutes before I logged on today, I had... um, found so it's not cologne but you know aromatherapy and these special oils and sure. stuff like that that people use call it stress management for some people essential oils they think it's like a a healing component but for me it's a smelling thing like i like it and i had finally unpacked my aromatherapy stuff and this one is called business success and i put that on right before coming today so this must be a wonderful episode we're about to encounter it is it, it, you know
1: it, it, it's <laughs> And I will tell you, it ties right in now that now that I'm listening to you and the synchronicity that you and I have all the time. Um, I mean, there's some stuff that, that <laughs> weird. is so is so serendipitous and synchronistic between Michelle and I that offline uh, when <laughs> when she and I talk, it's like we we really are uh, kind of so like weird. in step. We've warned each other about certain things. Just please don't do it because I don't need to experience that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we've chatted before about objects of affection. We've chatted before about affirmations. Yes. And the sense of smell mm-hmm. is one of those so highly sensitive mm-hmm. uh, triggers. That, the first you know,
2: smell. Can... It's the first sense that we develop as babies.
1: And, it, you know, a smell can instantly launch you back to a good yeah. or a bad memory. Yeah, yeah. And so, as I sit here today, yeah. uh, it. It's like i I've got these flashbacks of you know what? I yeah. actually like this smell. Yeah. Um, I haven't had it in so long, and I really encourage listeners post some and, yeah. in in a serious vein, post some of the fragrances, whether it's mm-hmm. an essential oil mm-hmm. or it's a cologne or a perfume, mm-hmm. uh, something that does it for you and i mm-hmm. I'll let you in on a, I'll let you in on i literal dirty little secret of mine, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I I created a scent uh, that I use as part of my guided imagery uh, techniques that I use with folks, and it's literally a walk through the forest. And when I do my objects of affection for folks, if I gift them, they actually get a little bottle of uh, this scent that I created. Hmm. Well, one of the scents that is in it is uh, wet dirt. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I amazing. love this like gardening
1: gardening yeah. I love the smell of wet dirt and uh, I actually located a company that that creates this smell and yeah. it's pretty darn accurate and yeah. uh, I know it's just me but it's little things like that that uh-huh. I'm sure that our listeners uh-huh. uh, will have these little throwbacks that are saying oh yeah that just makes me feel good
2: Oh, yes, lilacs, so to to validate that that same thing for those of you listening in for Scott, Lilacs remind me of my grandmother they they're rampant in Eastern Canada, which is where I was born, and not so common in Southern California because it's so hot, so they're harder to grow there, and I sought out a lilac it's hard to find even. It's not a very, lavender is a hugely popular scent, but lilac is hard to find. Yeah. And I found this wonderful soap by, um, I think it's called Michael's and it's lilac. And and I have it in the restroom and in between clients, I'll go in and wash my hands and it just sort of feels like I'm not alone. You know, like it, it brings yeah. back my grandmother um, I think I've even given lilacs to my mother for Mother's Day before because they remind me of when we lived in Canada, and it, you know it's just such a sentimental flower. So, See, and this,
1: this this is the the type of power that I really th- thematically for our show am urging yeah. folks find what works for you, yes. find these yes. really positive triggers, so yeah. that you go on autopilot. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's you know, if I smell a cigar smoke, right? Instant, instantly I'm back to my grandparents. Um, and I remember my grandfather, he, it was never lit. He'd light it periodically outside, but he'd always walk around with a cigar. Um, <laughs> my, my, my Chicago gangster grandfather would walk around with a cigar in his, in his Amazing. mouth. Amazing. Um, you know, it's little things like that, that mm-hmm. you want the 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 really good stuff mm-hmm, and there mm-hmm. are so many vendors out there now mm-hmm. uh, you want to obviously find essential oils or fragrances that uh, are hypoallergenic that you know yep. you're not going to react to in a bad way mm-hmm. um, do not ingest this stuff it's not for drinking mm-hmm. um, you know one of our our daughters uh, got me uh, an aromatherapy machine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of like a crystal ball I have one in my office. Your, mm-hmm you put your essential oil in there and darn if the the wet dirt isn't in there. Uh, (laughs) It's, it's very powerful Mm -hmm, stuff. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not,
2: I'm not connected to Rocky mountain oils um, as a company, but it is one of my personal favorites. Um, They have a combination of different kinds of normal smells that make sense. Like, you know, cucumber, you know, jasmine but then they have these compilations like there's this Mm -hmm. one that i like when i'm working on a deadline it's called focusing and it's kind of a citrusy based smell and i'll put it in my aromatherapy it it, you know whether it actually makes me focus or it just sets an intention i don't really care i just know that it it grounds me in get this deadline done michelle
1: (laughs) and that's and i think you've really hit one of the root um, frameworks of what we've been chatting about for all these shows. Right. It's the power of setting an intention right. and then the, the the reminder that holds you accountable for right. the intention that you set. Right. right. And fragrances are such a big deal, you know, and we've we, we've talked about saging before.
2: Yes.
3: Uh,
1: you know, when you sage, yes, there are scientific studies that talk about the the process that saging, with good sage, that the process that saging actually brings to the room,
3: mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm.
1: also what it does to your head. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're, you're going through the motions, mm-hmm. having set the intention mm-hmm. that I'm going to clear and I'm going to cleanse and I'm going to rebalance, et cetera. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked before about how we have a pretty pretty uh, low tolerance for bullshit. And, and half the time yeah. I'm trying to figure out if I'm in my skeptic zone or in my mystic zone. But I, research shows that even when you know the medication you're taking is a placebo, you still have an improvement that happens. Yeah even though you know it's a placebo. And so these are some of the things that whether you have a strong faith in in it, you know, and the thoughts and intentions that you're setting for yourself set you up for success, or even if you know, like me, I don't know if essential oils really have any science behind it. There's quite a few shows out there debunking it. And then there's other shows out there saying it is, Uh, match made in heaven. So I don't know, but I do know how I feel when I'm surrounded by bad smells, right? Naughty, nasty, gross smells versus nice, um, energizing, cleansing, clearing smells.
1: Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because I've done a lot of work with placebos and nocebos. (laughs) And for those who, who don't know, placebo means I please you A nocebo means I hurt you. And I get asked a lot because I'm heavily involved in magic. And yes, I've got my business sense that, you know, that BS filter that we've chatted about, the skeptic (laughs) side. And I've got the magic side of me uh, that just embraces and jumps in and loves the adventure and the Uh curiosity. And I I periodically get a question from a radio host or from a client, you know, this magic thing, what is it with this Thinking magically, Scott. I've heard of (laughs) magical thinking, which means that you're you're making that's not good (laughs) Mm -mm. as opposed to thinking magically. Mm -hmm. You why do you keep talking about magic so much? Yeah. And I could go on and on about my personal experiences and my studies and and background. And you know what it really comes down to? What? It's fun. It's fun. It's fun and it works for me. And Mm -hmm. if you're gonna take if you're going to take the position that we're going to measure your your well-being by the Mm -hmm. level of happiness in your life, Mm
3: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. and magic magic is fun for me, Mm -hmm. then I really don't care why it works.
2: Right. It's just fun and enjoyable. And so as we lead into today's topic, I think... We were, we were going to talk about self-care and how to prevent burnout and how to make sure that we are doing things on a regular basis to keep us in high productivity mode and, and peak performance and that kind of thing, which is an area that I love talking about. And on my website, uh, postinternationalinc.com, I even have a burnout survey that people can take that I recommend they take once every six months. Like just think about taking it when you go to the dentist. Check yeah. on it, make sure you're working on decreasing that burnout. But I had, a, I think, even a couple times mentioned to you that some clients are really struggling with the routine of self care becoming like a chore or boring. So, no longer fun, not magical, not Groundhog energizing, egg. right? Boring. And so then I was thinking, hmm, well, maybe we could talk a little bit today about habit forming breaking bad habits, forming new habits. But I thought we might start off by talking about being boring versus fun. Uh Because I read an article, I think it was from, I don't know how credible the website is, but Business Insider. And it was talking about, you know, sort of the opposite of Stephen Covey's uh, seven habits of highly successful people. This was like 14 characteristics of boring people, right? And I thought, well, you know, sometimes I get a little afraid that I'm boring. So, so I wanted to check it out, right? So um, number one was an unbalanced conversation. Do you find yourself doing all the talking and no listening or all the listening and no talking? And do you experience either side of that as boring? Have you ever you experienced me, that? You yeah, me that? I'm going to ask
1: you yeah, that. Well, one of the biggest challenges I have, and I am repeatedly reminded even on this show, let Michelle talk. Um, and and, and <laughs> who one says of that the, to you? Your wife. <laughs> and, and what she, she looks she looks Loved out her. for you. And um, <laughs> thank you, Carolyn. You know, what, one of the one of the biggest things that I struggle with, and it's part of that whole type A personality mm-hmm. that we chatted about in a prior session. Mm-hmm. The average type A who's who's really high up on the scale, let someone speak about 17 seconds before they feel that they need to interject. Oh, wow. Then I am a little more (laughs) typey. I I am very challenged with not interrupting because my head is- Always moving so fast. Well, well, I consider it as I'm doing it right now. I Uh consider that interaction. Me too. I consider that connection. Me too. I don't look at it as interrupting and being rude. So- (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I definitely think that m- the most boring conversations I've been in are either when I have to do all the talking or all the listening and there isn't a back and forth, which is what I enjoy about doing this podcast with you, Scott. Just to just to help you realize that I really love it. It is my funnest hour of the week. Um so I don't that want was it to be your one.
1: funnest hour.
2: Not my funnest hour, my funnest I'll work hour. Okay. I'll take
1: number two. <laughs>
2: Not my funnest personal hour, my funnest work work hour. Right. So number one, unbalanced conversation. If you find yourself talking too much, slow down and listen. If you find yourself listening too much, maybe ask a question or, or even don't wait for the person to ask you a question. Maybe interject something that you relate to or uh, boring people. They said in the article, can't tell if others are engaged in a conversation and wow, have I been on the, uh, the receiving end of this where a person gets in their, their little niche that they love and it's just this topic that they, can, they know a plethora of information about and you can't, you can't get a word in edgewise. So um, I don't know that my father will ever listen to this podcast, especially because of the cussing, but that's okay. At least I know he won't sue me. So I'm gonna say my father, if you get him talking about the Bible, or photography, oh, or uh, supplements that you can take, like vitamins and stuff like that. Just kiss that hour goodbye. (laughs) It's not necessarily boring because I do learn from him, but, you know, (laughs) it's just kind of a funny thing. Well, you know,
1: one of the biggest things when I work with uh, coaching clients, particularly in fashioning mm -hmm. a message for them, that they need to get out, uh, key message points, uh, or political points. They're uh, yes. a politician, elected official. Is I'm constantly hammering on them. Do not be boring. Yeah. And that means that what means talking. That, mean? that, that means making the other person the hero of the story. That oh. means finding out who you are. And I think a lot of times, you know, and I, I'll I'm guilty of it. Since you were bringing it up, okay. you get me talking about a Rubik's cube and the different algorithms and the patterns. <laughs> I won't tell you you can kiss an hour goodbye, but you can kiss 15 minutes goodbye while I'll exp- <laughs> why I explain to you why a Rubik's Cube is one of the most fascinating things in the world. I get it. I did,
2: I did actually watch a documentary about the world's fastest cube yeah. cube uh, experts. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, they- Speed, speed cubers. Let me get, speed no, cubers. I'm not going go to go <laughs> okay. there. Yeah.
2: So uh, this one, you are definitely not guilty of, Scott. Uh, you can't make other people laugh. At least you make me laugh every time we, we do one of these, even when we're having some serious conversations. So, so, you know, the inability to make other people laugh is one of the, one of the the tricks to being boring or the inability to to do improv. That's a part of a great conversation, right? Is being able to add to the conversation. So um, that was one thing. Never having much to say in a conversation. So again, that puts you more in the listener mode or saying or doing the same things over and over again. So here's where the habit kind of came up in my little research for this week is Wow, you know, how do we make sure that self care is still fun and spontaneous and not this drudgery of doing it always the same? You know, for some people, they really thrive off of routine and they have the same thing to eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner every day and it works for them. For me, that would be really
1: boring. (laughs) You know, one of the things that that I've learned, and hopefully this ties in with what we're going to chat about today is I have, you know, I'm a big believer in habit. That's that's what the, my book, The Most Magical Secret is about. Oh, you know, if you me if you give me four weeks, I will I'll rewire, reframe, and reprogram habits of success right. and happiness in you. Right. And it begins with a simple tool. May I share it? Is that okay? Yes. Yes. Um, particularly in this crisis that we're in, with with social distancing. And I know here in California, it's a little different than what you are experiencing in Florida.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Nonetheless, there there comes a time during all of this that you wake, everybody, me included, wakes up and you go, oh, I got to do this again today. Oh, I got to do, oh, it's the same old thing. And here's a simple little trick for everybody listening to this. Instead of saying, I uh, have to do this, change the word to get I get, get to do I get mm-hmm. to do a show with you today. Mm-hmm. I get to wake up and play with my dogs. I mm-hmm. get to wake up and kiss my wife. Mm-hmm. I get to have breakfast this morning mm-hmm. it, 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 That one little word, the difference True. between "get and have puts you instantly into an appreciation and gratitude mode Mm
2: -hmm. and choice and empowerment. Like in self-care talks, I will share with people that a good self-care technique is to remove those. I can't, uh, I have to, I, you know, all of that stuff takes away your power and doesn't give you choice. And sometimes we can fool ourselves into thinking that we don't have choice. Like I have to go to work today, but In general, no, you don't. You could quit your job. That might not be the wisest thing to do. You could find a new job and then quit your job. You know, that that could be an option. You could take a sick day today if you have that option at work, or you could take a day without pay, or you could check with your HR department and decide if something really serious is going on, that it's time for a family leave act, or it's time for, um, an evaluation with your doctor. There's no these have to ideas really you Did you interview for the job? Did you accept the job? Did you take the job? Did you agree to do the work? Those were all choices. So yeah. why all of a sudden when it comes to execution is it have to?
1: Well, Stop. and I think that it's so easy for people uh, now and I, I'm, I'm not blaming the media. I'm not blaming politicians. I'm not blaming your parents. I, I'm actually not into that thing. It's so easy <laughs> for us to victimize ourselves and others. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, one of the tools that we, you know, one of the things that we did for putting this show together was to take folks out of the victim mode and, yep. and, and literally help them and enable mm-hmm. them to mm-hmm. to move into the warrior mode. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Take charge of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So your take very, that your empowerment last back. So your very last breath, you take charge of your life. You make decisions and understand that every decision you make will have a consequence. It will. And that freedom means truly giving yourself more options. Mm-hmm. The fewer options. I mean, let's mm-hmm. face it. A mm-hmm. dilemma means you have two options. That's it. Mm-hmm. You give yourself a third one, you no longer have a dilemma.
2: And, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's line that says the most secure place in the world is a prison. So do you want security or do you want freedom? You know, this idea that, you know, you're not in prison and hopefully, um, you know, you're not struggling with something like that in your family. Um, But if you if that's not the case, there's probably a lot of choices that you have, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, and then one of our listeners said, take out the should. Absolutely. Shoulding. Don't should on yourself, right? Don't masturbate. That's an Albert Ellis quote that I love from Cognitive Behavioral Therapy.
1: And I love that term. I had not heard it before until we were putting the show together. <laughs> um, maybe you could explain real quick what musturbating yeah. is.
2: Oh, yeah. So I must do this, I must do that, I mustn't do that. So that is masturbating, right? So stop masturbating and stop shooting all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that Wonderful. was that was his quote. But interestingly enough he said as a therapist he said if your clients aren't interested in you if you're boring they're not going to keep coming back. So it sort of ties back into what I was doing some research about which is that you know we also need to be engaging with our clients when we're doing speaking engagements when we're seeing people as a coach or in any kind of business we need to be engaging we need to be able to read their their body language. If they're boring, they're looking at their watch, if they're looking away and then coming back and saying, "Uh aha, it might be a sign that they're either busy or they're not that interested in your subject. And you may need to like slow down on the conversation so that you re-engage in a different topic or at a different time. So that's important. Um, In the article about being boring, it said, boring people also try to prove how smart they are. They say things just to seem like they know or they repeat themselves, which, you know, if I had to, if I had to um, binge, listen to all of our podcasts, I probably do repeat myself, <laughs> but not like that. I hope. You
1: know, look, we, we are to a certain degree. We're, we're here out of an intention to help people. This is also yeah. show business. Yeah. And the idea yeah. is to entertain and engage and in our format, for example,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to repeat yourself. Yes. Because of of list, because just the vehicle learning. with, with <laughs> it's transmitted. Exactly. The people have right. different learning skills, you know, that the typical uh, science right now here, I'm going to go into the, the data. Um, the typical scientist, you need to hear something three to three eight times. times before it right. actually kicks in. Right. Um, right. That's, and most of us are really bad at active listening to begin with.
2: Yeah and two more points that i think if if you worry about whether or not you're boring or other people are boring number this the first one is that this article said boring people are constantly negative they're focused on what's wrong what doesn't work what isn't working what will never work negative negative so that's one so are you overly focused on the negative and do you need to balance that out and number two boring people are always bored. So it's a two way street. If you find yourself bored in a conversation, are you not engaged enough? Are you not contributing enough? Maybe, maybe you can also expand and, and do some new habits or new activities or new learning and have something to share in a conversation. So I thought I found that kind of interesting.
1: Well, I want to underscore this because I've talked about Story Musgrave before, one of the, the mentors in my yeah. cabinet of advisors and one of the big things that story hammered home with me during a conversation he and I were having is always stay restless and yes. I, I want to underscore there's a difference between being restless and boring um, I, I actually don't remember ever being bored you, <laughs> you give me the, <laughs> there's just stuff going on in this <laughs> um, I don't remember ever being bored um, there's always something to do that is far different than waking up and some days having that restless feeling that it's I need to do something, I need to go out something yeah. you know there's there's, there's a, 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 a disturbance in the force, whatever that is <laughs> that's not being bored. bored is not being able to take a situation like physical distancing or lockdown or right. quarantine right. and making the best the of best
2: it, out of it. Um, Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, to a certain degree, I'll tell you, I I prom- I'm a big promoter of putting on those rose-colored glasses.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so to shift a little bit from like, if if your routine is boring, you want to make sure it's not because you're not boring. Is kind of my point here. That's that's sort of where I went went with it. And if your routine is boring and you really feel like, no, you know, I normally feel pretty engaged in my life, but my routine has become difficult. I thought maybe, so since the most magical secret book, Scott, is about forming new successful habits over the course of four weeks and people kind of estimate that it takes 21 all the way up to 254 days for a new habit to form, right? And some say it's about 90 days for it to become a real lifestyle. So, you know, 21 or 28 days to become a new habit and then 90 days for it to really be a part of your lifestyle. What would you say is a key? I really want your input. What would you say is the key to not overloading all the things you do daily? Meaning one of my friends has a morning ritual that takes like two hours. I don't have two hours to do a daily morning ritual, I guess. I mean, I suppose if I didn't want sleep, but if we're talking about self-care, sleeping six to, no, it's seven to nine hours is the sweet spot for health on sleep. So you don't want to be giving up sleep if you can get seven to nine hours in a day. Outside of that, what, what do you think some tips are for keeping it fresh from your perspective, Scott?
1: Um, Well, I'm going to, and not meaning to be negative, but go back to something we had talked about before. Uh And that is what most people confuse. And this is the way it works for me. Okay. Most people know what Star Trek is, and they know about Klingons, and they know about the saying, today is a good day to die. (laughs) um, Not knowing that the source of that actually goes back to indigenous Native American uh, folks. And Buddhism speaks about it. And for me, you, you can't make time. You take time. If you Uh, wanted two hours, you could take two hours. uh You're you're choosing not to spend your bandwidth that way. Yeah. So I look at it, I look at it every day as saying there's so many heartbeats that I have, despite all the wellness thinking that I do and Uh despite, you know, Despite all the good intentions that I might have, uh-huh. the understanding that shit happens and you're going to uh-huh. have to move and shift and dance and, uh-huh. and you know, swing your way through the whole thing. The, the reality is, what if you knew, uh, and I'll quote a Ben Reck- Rector, who I absolutely love, uh, Ben Rector song, what if you knew the world was going to end tomorrow? The song is, what would you, what would you do if you knew the world was going to end on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. And then he sings about all the things he would do different. Mm-hmm. I look at it as I want to chew up and an experience and appreciate and and just take in, hoard as much of this life as possible, <laughs> mm-hmm. right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We, it, it has nothing to do with beliefs in other lives or reincarnation mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, karma. This mm-hmm. is I'm here right now. I'm here mm-hmm. and now.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: If I, if at the end of the day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That was my last breath. What mm-hmm. I want, have I done today? What I will look back on and say, this was a good day to die. Uh. And it, it is, a, you know, Alan Watts talks a lot about it. If you ever want one of the most amazing meditative experiences is contemplate your own death. Mm-hmm. This isn't meant to be weird or creepy or uh, morbid. It is literally, how do you want to spend your life?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so every morning, I literally, I have talked about this before, every morning, first thing I do is open my eyes and say, I am here. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: How's that for I, starting I, your day? I am yeah. here.
2: Thank- and I know you have your ritual of, yeah. of putting on your mala bracelet. Mm-hmm. I can, I will, I dare, I am. But can I ask you, what is your everyday morning routine? How long does it take you? Like, not, not the variables, like every day I do this.
1: Well, to a certain degree, my entire day is a ritual. <laughs> okay. Um, because <laughs> okay. I'm very, I, I, I am that person. Um, yeah. I can tell you what I eat for breakfast. I, uh, my, my lunch is, depending on where I, if I'm at home, I generally tell you what I'm eating. Again, you know, part of part of what I do is I intentionally reduce uh-huh. the decision fatigue. Oh yeah, by, that makes by sense. By narrowing down. Mm-hmm. Some of these, what might otherwise be trivial things. Mm-hmm. Um, my ritual is actually very simple. It's, you know, the bracelet goes on. I can, I will, I dare, I am safe and loved is my fallback. Mm-hmm. And that's where the discovery meditation came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you listen to the discovery meditation, for example, mm-hmm. for so long, or if you create it, mm-hmm. you just, it, it's, it's kind of like the smell. Mm-hmm. I can instantly smell wet Mm -hmm. dirt and it's a trigger it brings Mm -hmm. back this flood Mm -hmm. of memory so the Mm -hmm. the physical rituals Mm -hmm. aren't that long uh with the exception of maybe the labyrinth when i walk it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how fast i will do that Mm -hmm. um you know how long does it take to open your eyes at at night and say i am here i'm sorry Uh in the morning i I am here thank you and it's an Mm -hmm. intention Mm -hmm. you can choose who you say it to um, Mm -hmm. but i'll tell you what uh, I'm a big believer that opening your eyes in the morning and saying, I am here, thank you, uh, is far better than waking up and noticing boards on either side of you, right?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. You know,
1: so so I, I really take up quite a bit. I do Qigong as well. Uh, yeah. And again, depending on which routine I'm using, that is something I'm making uh, a purposeful intention around and I'm taking the time to complete it. But there are some days, Michelle, it's as simple as I put my fingers together because that's a trigger for me. Uh-huh, put uh-huh. my fingers together and it's like, boom, I'm
0: there.
2: there. Okay. So I would say just to give people another option or idea or example, example's the better word. When it's a work day, so when I'm coming in to see a series of, of clients, like when I had the physical office in West LA, I had this little crystal thing that some woo woo friend of mine gave me and I had my little business cards and the water that you put out for your clients, you know, the mood lighting and that kind of thing that wouldn't take me too long. And then I usually would review my client notes to make sure I know what goals we're working on. I feel prepared and centered on, on them and, and what they're there for. So typically that's what I would do now that I'm working from home. Aside from, you know, I am less gracious and wonderful in the morning and try not to sound like a Klingon <laughs> myself in the morning when I wake up and realize, ah, it's morning. But then typically post-coffee, I'm, I think I'm a pretty enjoyable person once I've had some coffee and, you know, I'm not ungrateful by any means to be alive. So let's be clear about that. I just am you know, not the most gracious morning person. But then I have my routines. So whether I'm working with clients or I have a project, I highly recommend that people have a specific space to work in their home. We've talked about that, right? Your body is an animal. It's gonna be more productive when you are in a workspace than if you're trying to take your laptop Out to the beach i mean unless you've uh, your body has adapted to working on the beach i'm just telling you right now i have tried to take my laptop out on the beach so many times or my phone out. i might shoot off one email or put a reminder on my calendar to do something when i start working but i'm at the beach i'm not working so It's much easier, even if I'm traveling, to set aside a place at the kitchen table to set up my computer, so that it's my workspace when I'm not at home. But here, I usually turn on my little tree, I usually turn on my aromatherapy, I usually turn on the fan, which you can't see above me. And I've got these um, candles that are colorful that I turn on, they are battery operated and that sets me into the place of i'm ready for work right and and then i usually i also as part of getting dressed and choosing what to wear i do pick one of my many object of affections typically to wear it's usually a piece of jewelry sometimes more than one so that grounds me in why am i why am i here and what am i doing to be of service to other people, so I do have that, but it is not a long routine by any means.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got. We've actually talked about the the wedding ring stuff that I do with yeah. Carol, and that that's a yeah. physical routine. Uh, yeah. I I have, however, since we've now started working at home and uh, we're my in our new house, and I've got my office upstairs where the recording studio is and everything else,
3: uh-huh.
1: and the commute is a hell of a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> but but no. I will jokingly, you know, look, I put on cologne this morning as if I was going to work, as if, the William James thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, it started off as a joke, but it actually means something to me. I will walk down, I'll tell Carolyn I'm going upstairs to, to do a show. I'll walk down the hallway, and when I get to the store, to the stairs, I'll either text her or yell down the hallway, uh, honey, I made it to work safely. And... <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, when I would so drive cute. to work, when yes. I would drive to work, I would let her know yes. I made it here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm done, I will go back downstairs and say, honey, I'm home. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and, it's, it, it, and it's, it, it, I guess it is cute. Uh-huh. It's part of that. But it's
2: also that routine.
1: Yeah. It's that mentality. Work mode. Saying, I'm, in, I'm working right now. This is where I am. This is where my focus is. Mm-hmm. And okay, shift.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm a big believer, and we've talked about this, about creating sacred space. Right. Um, You know, I I find it always amazing that we spend so much time creating our work environment. Yeah. And we spend less in time creating our bedroom environment. You've chatted about that. Oh, yes. And creating our time, me time, that sacred space, whether you're you're saging or you're doing incense or you're doing your singing bowl or a labyrinth. Uh, to a certain degree, I do compartmentalize, and mm-hmm. that helps me as part of my rituals mm-hmm. automatically through the day. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. How often do you add something new in to, like, do you ever get a sense of being bored by your rituals? Do you add anything new in to kind of freshen it up or?
1: Every you know? freaking day.
2: Oh, okay. You add in like something new and random. Every day. Okay. All right, and, and then do you rotate through those things as you feel spontaneous?
1: Um, so for example, uh-huh. put on the cologne today. I haven't yeah. done that, I haven't done that you in so done long. That. It mm-hmm. was a spontaneous, um, I, I've learned, and I think most entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals, you can go to Harvard Business School and Wharton, you can go to all these things. Uh-huh. Here's what ultimately you're gonna learn. The most successful people who are sustainable and repeatable—they've got me- you know measurable results. Right. They've learned to listen to their guts. Yes. Every every bad decision I've ever made, I didn't listen to my gut. Yeah. And when my gut tells, I've just I've learned to listen to it. This morning it was, put cologne on. Okay, is that a little weird? No, you know <laughs> what? the hell with it. And, right. And then when I find something that works. I will add it to the rotating list or it becomes uh, a consistent thing, but I am always experimenting. I'm always playing. I'm always um, revising and Great. to a certain degree it really goes back to its curiosity. Right. I am so madly curious about this world.
2: Uh-huh i love that so when i was talking to my friend about not getting boring in self-care because people when i teach self-care or stress management and i talk to them about creating a self-care tool or calendar, I talk about what do you do daily? What do you do at least once a week? What do you do at least once a month? What do you do at least once a year? Right? Well, daily are your only real rituals. Like your weeklies can change. They don't have to be Saturday every week. It can change when you do it. Your monthly same thing doesn't have to be, it could be once or twice a month. It doesn't have to be regular, you know, something, something boring or, you know, Oh, I always do this. Um, but what I was telling my friend is I find that I get bored with routine. So listening to the gut, there's a lot of hobbies that I've done a little bit over the course of a lifetime. I wouldn't call myself a painter, but from time to time I paint everything from watercolors to the wine Um, the wine nights that you do with your friends where you paint your own painting. Oh, that's cool. You know, to a friend that does inspirational paintings once a year where you paint your, my friend, Christina Courtney, who I love, she does these um, paint your intentions for the year. And then you've got a painting you put on your wall for the year, but I would not call myself a daily painter or even a Mm -hmm. monthly painter. Right. And then I mentioned to you needing to adapt my, workout so that it's not hot and sweaty outside in the in the Florida heat. And I have to vary it up because the pool will get so boring if I just run around in a circle all the time. So now I've been doing my new thing this week. Well, not quite this week, but the end of last week is yoga in the pool. Right. Not really going to do downward dog, because that's pretty impossible. But warrior poses are so easy in the pool. You
1: know? <laughs> wow, you know what, this brings a whole new scope to the levitating while yoga. Concept. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes, exactly. Downward dog, not safe in a pool. Um, <laughs> I love it. So anyway, just for any of you that are out there going, oh, you know, I can't, I can't handle all this ritual talk and, oh, it's, you know, I don't have time for all of this. It can be as simple as five minutes a day or as long as, like you said, all day long. You said, Scott, some of your, your things are routine so that you're not doing decision fatigue. Or my other yeah. friend who does a two-hour routine because that's her lifestyle. Um,
1: you know, the, you the, know. the idea, at, you know, I'm listening to you and the idea for me still comes down to, Find what works for you yes not what's working against you yes. or that you feel you're working for and and yes you know as a business owner there have been times where I have sat at my desk and said I'm working for my employees they're not working for me anymore yes and that becomes incredibly frustrating and without remedy can turn into uh, the, the Chortum part that you were talking chortum. about, it's like, what's, the, what's the, the Simon Sinek, what's the why behind this? Right. And so if you're not going to just simply wake up and say, I am here, thank you, then at least every day, discover your purpose. Um, yeah. I, I am a big believer, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot is giving more attention to your intention. Yeah. Intentions don't happen by themselves. They're not as spontaneous right. as you think they are. Right. And, and maybe it's as simple as making an intention
3: mm-hmm. to not
1: commiserate so much, making mm-hmm. an intention that complaining doesn't make you friendlier. Complaining <laughs> doesn't, you know, bitching and moaning doesn't make you uh, more likable. Uh, Mm -hmm. gossiping. I I have a friend, Carolyn and I have remarked about this friend of ours. I can't tell you over the years, one time that he's ever gossiped about anybody, ever. Wow. And it's like, I noticed that about him. Mm -hmm. It it is incredibly impressive. Mm -hmm. And I, to a certain degree have attempted, I don't, I fail sometimes miserably Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of the nature of the business I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to gossip in order to Uh, create strategies. Well, it's to create (laughs) strategies because you know that's going to be their message against you. And it gets long and involved. But the reality is, I am always mindful of that. Um, How can I not gossip? How can I not be um, negative? How can I not? And then you turn it around, as you've talked about, the brain doesn't process the not. And so you want to, uh, to a a large degree, turn these into positives. And it really comes down to here's what I appreciate, here's what I'm grateful for, here's what, I, here's what I get to do today.
2: Right, I love it. Well, I, I hope that the discussion about what, what is a boring person, and do we need to check ourselves and make sure we're not boring, and what is a boring self-care routine, and how to keep it spontaneous and interesting, listen to your gut. Um, any kind of final thoughts for us about this topic you well, you know like I, we...
1: I i went through we've, i think we may have chatted about it i tore my meniscus and had to go to physical therapy for quite a long time to avoid surgery and mm. you know some of these physical therapy routines can get very boring it's right. the same thing all right and over again. Right. and you know one of the things i kept going back to to break out of the the, the mode that you've chatted about is keep reminding yourself why am i doing this
2: yeah yeah. Why that,
1: that why, that purpose, yeah. that motivation um, will, I, at least for me, keep you moving forward in such powerful ways right. uh, that I, I can't underscore it enough. When you actually think about why you work at all, most people right. will tell you they work because of money. Well, they work for money because money is a tool that gets them freedom. And when you explore right. the freedom, it really means they have better options right um well why do you want better options it comes down to we want to survive we want to thrive we want to take care of our family right and what
2: happens like lately i've been i've had a few clients that are either in retirement or they've sold their business off and are living off of the profit so they're not even really working and what's fascinating i know that's a very different experience than what most people are have right now but when you think about defining yourself by your work, and then now you are not working. What's your why? You know, really interesting uh, we could stuff do a whole, about- We could
1: do a whole show on that. I just went through this. Um, <laughs> you, know, it, it, you know, for yeah. 30 some odd years, I was a trial lawyer. Mm-hmm. I was the guy that walked in. I was the, the gunfighter. I was the superhero that walked into court.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, I was accused once of having a, a swagger. It's like, okay, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Good um, for and, you and, and I've stepped away from it because it, of what it was yeah. literally doing to, to me and through yeah. me yeah, um, yeah. that's a personality shift that's a purpose yeah. shift, so yeah. we could do a whole show on that at some point.
2: maybe we will, maybe we will, so speaking of um you know one of the things we love about our keeping keeping your shit together community is we love to hear from you. So, if there's a topic we haven't covered that you'd like us to go more in depth with, let us know. Um, you can join our Facebook group, uh, Keeping Your Shit Together. You can send us a tweet. Uh, I believe that's keepingYST is our handle. You can find us on Instagram and send us a message that way. You can contact me through my website, postinternationalinc.com. And Scott, uh,
1: thank thinking, contact- thinkingmagically.com. Mm -hmm. And I really, by the way, I want to underscore one thing. For Mm -hmm. those of you who do listen to this podcast, please subscribe to it. Yes. Comment there uh, and share it because it really helps us expand our reach. And that's part of our why. Right. Exactly. So
2: thank you for being here today or listening whenever you listen. And we look forward to seeing you next Monday. Same time, same channel.
0: Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Peace. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.